You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 192, Power Man 5000, hosted by Dan Terry. Can I at least tell you that I have heard Whip It? That's acceptable. Okay. And Joseph Wren. Thankfully, I have the CD on the shelf. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you drive a Galaxy 500 into outer space because tonight the stars revolt, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. I don't say it often, but I'm going to say it tonight. It's about fucking time we talk about some Power Man 5000 on this show. Well, I admit, Joe, you talked me into it. And by talked me into it, you just put it on the schedule and I forgot to go in and delete it. I did not ask permission. I didn't ask if anybody else had an opinion about this band. I picked this day on this year in October. We're talking about Power Man 5000. This band is awesome. There definitely are awesome moments. However, I would definitely not, uh, I would not judge this band by its cover because I mean, or by its cover album, (laughs) but I do think that they have a very interesting musical arc because I had only heard the singles and I had kind of always just thought of them as that band that Rob Zombie's little brother sings for. They are one of those bands that got thrown into the pile. Everybody called them new metal at some point. They were not. But they had that quality, that electronic sound that Orgy had. But then they also had the hard rock and staccato rhythmic driven songs, kind of like Static X, only not nearly as intense. The comparison to those bands is unfortunate, but they definitely got big at one point because of some of their singles off of the second record. And then they went back into the underground. They kept releasing records. I had no reason to think that this band went away or wasn't around anymore, but it's extremely satisfying when you look up sometime in the middle of 2005, 2006, and realize that there's new Power Man 5000 records, and they're really fucking good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they are, actually. I mean, they're not my favorite, like... This band is, again, like I said, has a very interesting musical arc, but, and they definitely are not predictable. The style that they ultimately ended up on is not my favorite by any means, but I also like that they did something that was completely unexpected. And really, I don't, I, I don't think the band's early material, especially, like each record pretty much sounds different with the exception of Tonight the Stars Revolt and Anyone for Doomsday, but we'll kind of get into what went down with those records, uh, you know, when we get to them. But before Dan, time travels to 1999 to talk about this band's debut into the mainstream. I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Hey, hey. You guys know what I'm going to say. Leave us a five-star review. We love it. We love it. On your podcast app, on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram. Honestly, I don't really know how else you can leave a, a review, but if you can leave a review, leave a review. 
We will read it on the show. Keep on sharing the episodes and uh, keep reaching out with questions and band suggestions. I, I really, uh, I really do factor those in whenever I'm making the schedule. Over on YouTube, we got a comment on our Catatonia episode from Satanic Puppy Overlord. He says, "Brave Murder Day is the beans." What kind of beans are we talking about? Ba- I, w- I was thinking like pork and beans. What about baked beans? Pork and beans, but they, you see they're franks, right? You cut the franks into coins. Red beans and rice? And then once you once you cut the franks into coins, then you cut the coins into quarters. No, no, no. Not quarters to coins, but I mean like four quarters. Four quarters of the coin made out of the franks. You follow? Bravo, dude. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm <laughs> glad that's on the show now. All right. That's going to be my hand. Dan Terry, you cut the franks into quarters. <laughs> One more. We got a YouTube comment from Bob K., in regards to Catatonia, my favorite band, awesome that you like, D.E.K. I'm not sure what D.E.K. is, but if I go back and listen to the episode, I'm sure I'll figure it out real quick. I got nothing but faith in you, Joe. So, Dan, tell me about Power Man 5000. I'm glad you asked me that, Joe. Power Man 5000 is a industrial band. Uh, no, you know what? No, I don't believe the official uh, story on this band. They, they are largely credited as being an industrial metal band. And I would say on two albums, that's definitely true. But I would say once you get a few albums deep, they are definitely more of an industrial rock band uh, than, than a metal band. They certainly are not a new metal band. But these guys have been around since 1991. It's been a long time. Doing some research and looking up old YouTube videos of this band playing live, They really were kind of a club act. They showed up every week playing the same set, and it's entertaining to watch, but it's not the same feel that we would get in 1999 when they escaped into the mainstream and were playing all of the big festivals and shows that we saw them at. I remember seeing this band at Summer Sanitarium when Nobody's Real was the big song on the radio, and it was just badass. They fit right in with that mentality of new metal where it's groove based and it's rhythmic based, but they were not a new metal band. They just had that electronic sound with influences from the 80s pop and hard rock and imagery from the 90s. It was just a thing. There's not one thing that makes Power Man 5000 stand out above everybody else but they're a damn good player in the fucking genre. I take a little bit of contention with the genre because when they first started off, I definitely get more of a um, an almost Rage Against the Machine vibe off of their music. And I this is one of those weird times where I actually went back and listened to one of their EPs, uh, which was called True Force, and it did not sound anything like I was expecting it to sound. It definitely does not. <laughs> uh, Spider One sounds like j-man from mushroom head but like before j-man from mushroom head sounded like j-man from mushroom head so i guess j-man sounds like spider one i don't know but it's very weird hearing him try to rap because it's really not great it definitely isn't (laughs) (laughs) there's also the stigma that hey guys it's rob zombie's little brother they're two completely different acts as far as what the music sounds like what the imagery is cosmetically i'm sure you could find some similarity in the voice but i don't think i've ever listened to power man 5000 thinking yeah this is good like rob zombie same thing with rob zombie and even white zombie they're different things they have similar characteristics yes but 
Rob Zombie's more of the horror movie rock with a little bit of southern groove in it. Power Man 5000, for the most part, is play the fucking beat, play the fucking keyboards, and kill everyone. Well, I always thought of Rob Zombie as horror and Power Man 5000 as sci-fi, which I think... I'll take that. ...kind of covers it. That works but, for me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so obviously I, I really, really did not like True Force. If I'm being honest, I thought it was hot garbage. It's got a lot of weird, like, funk like funk parts in it and you do not like funk yeah like (laughs) funk like funk guitars and it's just it's just very very strange to me i don't get it every now and again a heavy riff would come in but it just didn't really sound that great and uh so i was like well this is 1994 that's significantly like before anybody's really heard of this band oh but fuck then i listened to the blood splat rating system or or mega kung fu radio uh so the Blood Splat rating system was the original release of the album. 1995. Yeah. Um, and Mega Kung Fu Radio was after they had gotten signed to a bigger label. They added a couple of songs to beef the CD up, and there you go. I'm sure somebody listening has the original version of the record. The one I listened to this week was Mega Kung Fu Radio. I picked this one up when my typical record buying experience was... I like this band, I bought the CD, I listened to it, now I'm going to buy all of the other CDs. The day I became a Metallica fan, I bought one record, it was Master of Puppets by the way, and then I went back to the store and bought every other record that was available, and for at least the next month until the collection was complete, I would search out the missing records. I did the same thing with Power Man 5000, and eventually I landed on a copy of Mega Kung Fu Radio. I like the sound of this record. It has the same vibe as the early to mid-90s rock bands that were not playing radio rock. I'm definitely getting a Marilyn Manson and the Spooky Kids vibe off of the guitars and the drums and just that mid-90s balance where nobody's really playing as hard as they can, but they're putting a shit ton of groove into the record to make it sound interesting to me, the listener. Yeah, I thought this record was a steaming pile of garbage, to be honest. Really, um, dude? <laughs> yeah. I'm just being real. Like, I'm not trying to trying to be that guy. I listened to this one probably more times than I listened to any of the other ones while I was preparing for this because I always try to find something that I'm missing. Like, what what's the thing that I need to understand or what's the context that I need to have in order for this to be good. And so I've, I've come up with only this context that it was 1995 and like Incubus was like doing shit like this and some other bands were doing stuff like this, like with the funk and the metal and the rock. But I don't know, like it, what you end up with is just a record that is very, very, very repetitive. Maybe some people would describe it as catchy, but it's just kind of like putting my ears through a cheese grater. Like it's just, it's too much. Um, it's not hard enough for me to classify it as metal. It's not hard enough for me to classify it as new metal. And Spider One's v- lyrics just—I'm sorry—Spider One's vocals just don't really. He sounds like he should be singing for a totally different band. And um, I think I think as we go on in the discography, I think you'll realize that I'm right about that. 1999, tonight the stars revolt. So this is the album. This is the record. If you're a fan of Power Man 5000 and you did not live in Los Angeles back in 1995, this is why you're a fan. This is why I'm a fan. First time Nobody's Real comes on the radio, the beat, the sound, the groove of the record, it just all lands. It's 1999. 
I can definitely see how you would throw a band like this in the new metal category if you're some record label guy and you got to book a tour, but I don't give a shit. This is just some good rock, dude, and it's got that sci-fi vibe that you keep mentioning. Oh, dude, I love this fucking record. It is a sci-fi record through and through. Y'all y'all know how much I love space and robots and all that shit. Uh, and that this record is a tribute to that. I thought it was interesting, too, that like I really didn't catch any real industrial elements in the band's sound prior to this album coming out. Uh, like They just basically pulled a full genre swap. So they went from like who the fuck even knows what that genre was to industrial metal, you know, industrial rock. Um, this is heavy. The, the, the guitars are down-tuned. We, we have a significantly heavier and in-your-face product overall than anything we've gotten from the band before. And so, yeah, you can't you just can't mess with When Worlds Collide, Nobody's Real, Supernova Goes Pop, Tonight the Stars Revolt. They're all classics. They're, they're fantastic. And, um, you know, like what I was saying about Spider-One's vocals sounding like he was singing in the wrong type of band. Basically, he was because his his whole delivery lends itself better to this style of music than whatever it was they were trying to do before. It's definitely got that 90s vibe of I'm not trying to do a hardcore thing or a thrash thing or a metalcore thing. I'm just the lead vocalist of the band, and we play songs like this, so this is what my vocals sound like. I think you could call it like a staccato baritone. It's not unique, but there's nothing wrong with it. It's not like there's one thing about his voice that I can pick out and say, this is why I don't like Power Man 5000. I listen to these songs, they've got the electronics, everything kind of falls into place. They're really good fucking songs. I think for me, like with the vocals, he sounds like kind of a mix of Jay Gordon and J-Man. And honestly, considering how contemporary all of those guys were with each other, I don't know if like he sounds like them or they sound like him. I mean, I'm going to give it to the guy that started the band in 91. So this is another example of great minds think alike and everybody just sounded like this that year. I think the, the pseudo British sounding, uh, accent it's weird though because like sometimes he sounds british like jay gordon or like has the way the way jay gordon sounds that way too um like i don't know like and even dead z kind of had that too kind of a degree but then at the same time spider one's gonna just scream too when he needs to scream for a part uh which is where he starts sounding more like kind of like a j-man or know? a trent reznor or a trent reznor uh you know so yeah i think i think it was very in the pocket i don't think it was necessarily original but it was fine uh, It got the job done i love the way the dude's voice sounds on this record and the next one 2001 anyone for doomsday well i guess nobody actually was for doomsday because this record didn't technically ever come out you could pick this one up for a very limited amount of time, and a lot of people think that has to do with the events of September 11th, 2001, and the fact that this record has a song on it called Bombshell, which is an awesome fucking song, but that's not what really happened, is it? No, so about two weeks before the album came out, Spider-1 basically just came in and was like, dude, no, I'm not doing it. Because we're not doing it, guys. This shit sounds way too much like our like our last album. And I am not a one trick pony. I'm paraphrasing heavily. I don't know what he actually said, but <laughs> but he did he did decide like this sounds too much like tonight the stars revolt. And I think that I think that we need to we need to go in a different direction. So they just scrapped the album, which is weird because you wouldn't really know that if you were like just listening through on like Spotify or something because 
you can totally listen to this album on streaming services uh but for whatever reason um they just basically covered up this record as if it never happened which is kind of a shame like i mean i have to agree with spider one this absolutely just sounds like tonight the stars revolt part two but i think any band's allowed to get away with putting out their most popular album part two immediately after putting out part one i mean how many bands how many bands have we had have we talked about on this show that their shit just all starts sounding the same after a while far too many to count and usually that's a good thing if you're a fan of the band yes a new fan of Power Man 5000 would find them in 1999 based off the singles of Tonight the Stars Revolt. As a fan, there is nothing wrong with this record that it sounds like the last one. I'm actually getting more Static X vibes on this one than I did on the previous. Yeah. I would love to meet him one day and just say, why did you kill it? Just because it was the same. I mean, it's entirely possible. I mean, that's a level of artistic integrity that not everybody has. Yeah. That's the kind of thing you read on paper and you think 2001, were you making too much money and you just decided to become an artist? You know, that's that's not what happened. But nothing really stands out as to why this one was pulled other than dude just wasn't happy with it. Yeah. And I think that I think it was just one of those. I don't want to be a one trick pony because that record does sound very, very, very cosmetically like Tonight the Stars Revolt. Same genre, same tuning, same lineup, everything. I would say that they definitely struck gold, though, because I still think that it's a great record, and I like it almost as much as I like Tonight the Stars Revolt, um, but you could definitely tell the dude's dude's heart was somewhere else with it, which is probably why Transform, number one, is even called Transform, and number two sounds as different uh, from their previous material as it does. 2003, Transform. I am indeed not a spaceman, but on the other hand, <laughs> this might be my fucking favorite power man 5000 record this is a good record this is very different uh right off the bat you realize you're you're, you're dealing with not necessarily this dark uh metal sci-fi industrial band anymore um they still have the industrial like style of guitars and all of that stuff but they, they've transitioned almost fully into an arena rock band at this point everything is loud everything sounds huge everything is anthemic you you have to sing along to these songs um and it's listed as a punk rock alternative metal album which i think is a really really good description of what this is they've embraced the rock and roll side of it and it really fucking works dude 2003 new metals on its way out the door the band was not new metal we've already established that to get a record that sounds this fucking groovy and it's not one of your go-to names it's not static x doing wisconsin death trip again it's not nine inch nails it's not a new orgy record it's just another solid record by this band it's really unfortunate if you stopped paying attention to the band at this point because i admit i thought they weren't around i didn't find this one until a few years later and this was the record i wish i had in 2003 because i'd have been praising the name of power man 5000 they're definitely not a one-trick pony but they can still do that industrial electronic infused rock that they delivered in the last two records. Well, they weren't a one trick pony at doing the thing that they got popular doing. Uh, I don't want to take, I don't want to take away from transform at all because it's fantastic, but I'm going to go ahead and just do it anyway. 
Um, the, obviously, they found something really, really great on this record, and they just fucking went with it. And uh, I think it sounds good. I think Dude's voice sounds cool. I think it's awesome. I like that the lyrics are less like sci-fi fantasy and more like real-life critique, like um, satirical, uh, criticizing of society, like that sort of thing. Uh, I think it was really cool and unexpected from them. And yeah, so I mean, I, I think this is a really, really, really great record. Um, but you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see where it goes from here. Because, like Joe said, I thought I thought this band was gone. Because I mean, from it, as far as anybody knew, it was like a four-year gap between albums. Most people that were fans of like quote-unquote new metal bands at that time had moved away from that genre of music completely in four years. Are you ready to destroy what you enjoy? No, I enjoy it. I am not going to delete my copies of Doom, and I'm sure as hell not going to throw away these Zayo records that I've been waiting for forever, so you can just forget it. I'm not going to destroy what I enjoy. I'll destroy what Joe enjoys. <laughs> 2006. Which is this band. I do enjoy this band, and this record apparently is difficult to find today. I was not able to locate it on a streaming platform. Thankfully, I have the CD on the shelf. This is the first time listening to Power Man 5000 that I was concerned. This is the first time that the band that previously sounded big and a lot of layers in the songs took a step backwards and did less of that. And I'm worried as a fan because are you trying to go back to Mega Kung Fu Radio and do a simpler record? Or do you just not have as much resources as you did before, so you're settling for the best that you can? I don't know the answer, and based on the size of this discography, I don't think there was anything wrong. I think they just decided to do something that was a little more simplified rock record, but dude still has the fucking pipes. He's still doing exactly the same vocals he's been doing for the past two records. Well, first of all, holy shit. It's 2006 and there's a new Power Man 5000 record. That's impressive enough as it is because I would imagine that they are looking at half the fan base at this point in their career that they had had before. And they didn't do anything wrong. It's just, uh, you know, music changed. People just changed. What and happened in 2006? I mean, I don't know anything specifically that happened other than uh, people were like a lot more into like hardcore and metalcore and like Under Oath and shit like that. And not so much into stuff like Power Man 5000. Not into straight rock bands who had industrial tinges. Yeah, not not so much. And this record is definitely takes a bigger swing, swing, at least to my ears, towards punk rock, which I mean, there was some kind of punk, some punk attitude on the last record as well. But it was still like more Power Man, a little bit less punk. So I could see how this record might have thrown people off a little bit. Um, I don't think it's bad. I don't think any of their records are bad. Like, I'll just straight up... Well, except for the first one. It was a giant <laughs> pile of shit. about to say, dude. Yeah, their first record was a pile of shit, but like... You really are not a fan of funk. Like, if it's not Incubus or James Brown, you don't want it. Pretty much. James Brown, six screams. All right. But I will say that, like, I think that Power Man was being smart here. Uh, this is kind of like, uh, if I could think of another record that it kind of reminds me of, not musically, but... As far as the way it was received by fans, probably would be like the anti-mother from Norma Jean, where Norma Jean had to change in order to stay relevant, and they had to put out a very, very painful change album uh, called The Anti-Mother. Power Man's doing the exact same thing on Destroy What You Enjoy. Uh, they are changing the concept of the Power Man 5000 sound 
because people are, you know, like worlds collide, shit like that, that none of that stuff's going to cut it. And Spider One realized that back in 2001. That that this this style of music wasn't going to be around forever, and so yeah, this is a transitionary record where they're like, "Can you accept us as a rock band? Don't worry, we'll still play Nobody's Real when we come to your town and play live." Fuck yeah, they will. Like it's not a big deal. <laughs> like we'll we'll do all of that shit, but we this is kind of what we want to do now. And um, I think if that was the goal, I think they succeeded a hundred percent. But I don't think that the record is good. The record kind of couldn't be good because. You have to take your expectations of the band and kind of throw them out the window. And I found that, like, fancy music critics that work for, like, you know, corporate music magazines are able to throw out all their expectations. But, uh, you know, I'm just some dude that grew up in the suburbs in the middle of America. So, like, I am I have a little bit of trouble with that. <laughs> I like the bands that I like to keep doing the thing that I like. And uh, so they really didn't do that on this record. So um, it's, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> You can only listen to it on YouTube anyway, unless you can find like a, an actual uh, physical copy of it. Um, this one wasn't buried like uh, anyone for Doomsday was, but uh, for whatever reason, you can't just pull it up on Spotify and listen to it. I have good news for you, dude. In 2009, the band basically heard your concern. They took well, I know they're time travelers. Absolutely. 88 miles per hour all the way into whenever. The band puts out somewhere on the other side of nowhere a record that takes everything you've heard if you've been listening the whole time and throws it all together they turn up the electronics they turn up the rock it's more like tonight the stars revolt than the previous two records but it's different enough that it doesn't sound exactly like anyone for doomsday you can tell that the band was trying to change their sound but Maybe they stepped back a bit and embraced some of their personal tropes because there is a reason we all like Power Man 5000. So if you can give me that industrial sci-fi sound with that punk rock energy, I'm all about that, dude. Yeah, I think that, you know, and I don't think this goes back to the Tonight the Stars Revolt, really. It definitely goes back more to Transform, uh, but it is still a quote-unquote return to form record. Uh, so what you get with this is a band that's going to do more of the shit that you like, but all that shit that they were doing on the previous album, they're still doing that. They're just throwing in all the shit that we want to hear in addition to it. So in that way, it also kind of follows. That's kind of what Norma Jean did as well. It's weird to make the com that comparison to those two bands, but... Just the first one that popped into my head that, you know, kind of had a similar musical arc where it's like, we're going to be willing to listen to you and give you what you want because we're not so up our own ass that we're like, we, we realize why people buy our records, but we also want to continue to make music that we want to make. So this was their, this was their compromise. This was their compromise record. They're like, here, is this good? <laughs> you got the synths, you know, you got, you, you got the, you got the drums, you got, you got some occasional screams, some slightly heavier riffs. Like it's going to be okay. Right. Right. Guys. It's going to be fine, dude. Guys, I got my arena rock chants going on. I'm ready to go watch this band play live and just tear down the house for 45 minutes. And a word that we don't always get to mention on this show, you can fucking dance to this shit. I mean, you can. Pretty much all the records, you can. I mean, you can. You're, you're, you're right. I can't. You, you, you just don't. I just don't. I, I Dan's don't. not going to dance at your party. It's just not going to happen. I'm just not going to do it. I'm so sorry, guys. We all forgive you, dude. It's fine. Okay. All right. Well, as long as we got that going. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously this was a cool record, like absolutely. Um, and then the next record that they put out was like the most unoriginal thing in the entire world. Quite literally. Super unoriginal. Copies, Clones, and Replicants, 2011. Did you listen to this? I did not, uh, but based on the track listing that I'm looking at right now, it looks like a record that was dedicated to Jeff. Hey, y'all. So you missed out. And as somebody who is not familiar with the discography, I don't blame you for skipping the cover record. We've talked about cover records many times on this show. We've talked down about them. We've talked up about some individual covers. When a band does a cover record, they have to make a choice. They can either play the song exactly the way it was written, or they can embellish the song and try to turn it into something that it's not and try to make art out of someone else's art. There's a time in radio history where all the songs were written by somebody else and played and recorded by multiple people and whoever got the fame got paid that week. <laughs> Power Man 5000 didn't really embellish all of these songs. A couple of them they did, but you definitely need to take some time and take a listen to this. For the most part, they play all of these songs as if they were played by the band Power Man 5000. I mean, fair enough. That's literally what it is, right? It is quite literally what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just double checking. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it because I did not listen to this. I was like, ah, fuck a cover album. Who cares? Tell you what, I'll give you two standout tracks. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen to the rest of the record. Okay, well, I, can, I, can I at least tell you that I have heard Whip It? That's acceptable. Okay. You need to listen to Jump, and you need to listen to Space Oddity. Well, why wouldn't I listen to actual Van Halen? I'd like to take this time to say, see you in the future, Eddie. We're going to miss you, man. The one guy who probably is the greatest guitarist of all time. Just saying. I'm going to leave it right there. Yep, that's... Whatever Joe says. You can probably, say it's Chuck Schuldner. It's correct. okay. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy. I think I think uh, Eddie Van Halen is absolutely what was absolutely a god among men. So I'll just leave it at that. 2014 Builders of the Future. Holy shit. Is this band still around? Absolutely, dude. This is actually a damn good record. So th this was this was one of the biggest surprises for me because it was very um, it was much more upbeat than I was expecting. Are you mad at yourself yet that you haven't been listening to Power Man Five Thousand for the past ten years? No, I mean it's fine. I listen to Zayo. That fulfills most of my needs. But <laughs> um, but it, you know this is if you I mean if you want classic sounding Power Man Five Thousand in the modern day, this is kind of it. It's got the old school industrial feel, and it's a hell of a lot darker than the previous records it really really is it's like um it's like i don't know like i don't i couldn't even necessarily call it a return to form necessarily but it's just like you want us to be heavy and fast and shit right like you want us to sound like we used to sound but like without actually sounding like that then that's what that's what we're gonna do and uh yeah i wasn't expecting this to be like heavy with gang vocals and like all that shit like i don't know this is a great record um i don't have a lot to say about it if i'm being honest because it's an uh, incredibly short record, but it is absolutely a recommended listen if you just uh, if you just want a, like a fast Power Man 5000 record that doesn't have any of the songs that you know on it. I think that's the only downside to it is I don't think there's anything necessarily stand stand out on it. 
which is why I have trouble comparing it to the old material, which obviously had like tons of standout tracks. Um, but at the same time, this band really by this point was not really a mainstream band anymore. Like I'm sure they could they could sell more records than like you know your average upstart could sell. But you know they like Joe said earlier in the episode, these guys kind of came into the mainstream and then went right back into the underground. So this is you know a more underground version of the older Power Man 5000 sound. If Tonight the Stars Revolt is a sci-fi movie from the 90s, it probably looked really good and was really dark. Everybody was wearing black and it cost a lot of money to make it look that good. This record is a sci-fi record in the mid 2000s when we had a little bit better technology and we can put out a 10 episode miniseries on insert name of streaming service right now. It's theoretically the same idea, but we have more time and better effects. Yeah, it could be. Can I get away with this? Sure, why not? (laughs) I'm going to let you have it. Are you ready for the new wave? I mean, I'm ready, I guess. 2017. There's one big downside to playing industrial metal in the 20-teens. And, and that is that? is that this this style of music used to be top dog as far as what metal fans are into. But I mean shit, man. In 2017, you got you got deathcore bands, you got hardcore bands, metalcore bands, brutal death metal bands, black metal bands, uh, industrial black and post aggro grunge black deathcore death grind bands. You've had Degent for uh, over a decade yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I think that this record. This record sounds decidedly retro. And in 2017, it was about a year before it was cool to sound retro. Unfortunately, I agree with that statement. I mean, I get a little bit of like even some like Faith No More vibes out of this out of this record. What's wrong with that? Nothing. If Jeff was here, he would be all over that for the Nothing. next five minutes. So, what I'm saying is, is that I actually think this record's like a, t- a ton of fun, but I can understand why it probably didn't do very well uh, in 2017 when it was released. If you're still listening to Power Man 5000 at this point, you're listening to it because of the electronics and the groove and the vibe and the energy. I'm extremely glad that this band is still around and we're about to talk about the newest release because yes, it's 2020 and we have a new Power Man 5000 record. That's right, bitches. But in 2017, I was forced to step back a little bit because yes, this sounds retro, but it doesn't sound retro enough. It sounds like we have better technology and we don't exactly know how to use it. But at the same time, that's unfair. I didn't talk to Spider One before they put this record out. I can't say that he threw everything out the window and said, the one thing we are not going to do is sound like all of those cookie cutter bands. Like, I'm just not going to do it, guys. No, and I think I think he wears his influences on his sleeve here, and there's nothing wrong with it. He even kind of goes back a little bit to the, like, rapped type of vocals and stuff, which he hasn't really done in a while. I think dude was feeling nostalgic for his old band, uh, and that's how, that's how you get a record like New Wave. Is it time for the noble rot? Absolutely. Let's rot those fuckers right out. 2020. So where do you go from that last record? You stick with the retro vibe and you go with it. Absolutely. And that's exactly what they fucking did. I don't think that this record, I could, as a meathead, I feel like I have to say this, but I don't feel like this record is as heavy uh, as New Wave was. This is this is more. I would. This is probably one of the only Power Man 5000 albums I would say is more industrial than it is rock or metal. It's abrasive. It's in your face, but it's also 
more electronics based and not it doesn't rely as much on the guitar so one of the things that you're going to notice about copies clones and replicants when you listen to it it's the only record that really sounds like it was made by one person the drums are very clearly fake on that record this is the first time that they've put out an original record that has that same one man vibe so that could be the reason for that sound if one guy's got control of everything it's going to sound as good as that person wants it to and it's pretty clear to me that spider one is the guy that runs the show although the band has had multiple members they've stayed pretty consistent so i'm listening to this record and i'm not upset by this yes it has more of an artificial vibe but that's kind of what you want when you're listening to a band whose theme is sci-fi and technology. You want it to sound like robots. And it does. Isn't that why everybody listens to Daft Punk? I mean, I wouldn't put it on the same level as that, but sure. <laughs> um, it's fucking fine. Like, let's do it. Um, but yeah, dude, like, this is the band doing all the shit that the fans wanted them to do. And I, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy that they return to industrial. But I will give the band credit that they absolutely stuck to the whole like not being a one-trick pony thing these records for better or worse all sound different from one another they all have their own distinct quality to them and for the most part they all go together i don't even think they go together but i think that they're cool final thoughts on power man 5000 dan oh final thoughts well i would say take the second album and the third album and then the last two that they released and just listen to those four to get the most consistent experience uh but if you want to experiment a little bit with that listen to listen to the entire discography backwards it's a really interesting uh it's a really interesting uh journey going backwards as it is going forwards uh this, this is a fun band they're a band that maybe you don't know a whole lot about but have heard a couple of songs do not let that deter you from checking out the band i was very pleasantly surprised at what i found why do most people that listen to heavy metal and hard rock refuse to embrace the fun that you can have listening to a band like Power Man 5000? I get it. It's not cool to want to dance. It's not cool to want to have a good time. It's not cool to be in front of the stage if you're not trying to start a pit or in recent years wave your arms around in a frantic over-the-top fashion and call it hardcore dancing <laughs> you do what you want part of the fun at any show is having a good time at the show it's hanging out with the people at the show and giving energy back to the band whether that's in a classic slam dance stage dive in my case or if you want to stand in the middle and swing your arms around you do what you do man but Power Man 5000 is going to give you an opportunity to get into the beat without giving in to some of the over-the-top electronica that most people don't like. I think there's a stigma around these industrial elements, and especially in the late 2010s and now in 2020. Modern metal has kind of stolen the electronics and made it part of that modern metal sound, which has been mixed with deathcore and metalcore and everything in between. I wouldn't say Power Man 5000 is retro. I think they're just a straight rock band with a fucking groove. And that is something I enjoy listening to. And if you're a fan of modern heavy metal, there is enough classic hard rock here to keep you entertained. Everybody needs to go listen to Power Man 5000. You're going to have a good time, and so will your friends. Damn, what's your album of the week? Definitely All Else Failed by Zayo. 
I now have two copies of it because I'm that guy. Which year are we talking about? Oh, the original. I'm not talking about <laughs> whatever the fuck that 2003 thing was. I've been calling it a demake on the group. I think I think people are understanding what my true feelings are about that. We're talking about Power Man 5000. You know my album of the week is going to be Transform. Transform and roll out. Take us out, DFT. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of Discography Discussion. You can always check out more of our episodes at DiscussMetal.com or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. If you want to reach out to us for any reason, to send us band requests or uh, send us links to people that you'd like for us to talk to on Discuss Metal uh, or just to ask us a question or just to say hello, all those things are fine, and there's multiple ways that you can do it. You can send us an email at DanAndJoeShow at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can find us on Facebook. Facebook under discography discussion. We even have our own Facebook group dedicated to the podcast. You can ask to join that group and I'll probably let you in. We even have our discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes. That'll take you to our discord server where there are people from all around the world chatting day and night. And on that note, this has been episode 192 of discography discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash Discuss Metal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. $1 a month gets you into that exclusive album review feed everything in slow motion just retweeted uh, your episode of Discuss Metal hell yeah liked and retweeted fucking right on motherfucker by the way that record is awesome I'm sure these you find